Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening and making a commitment to your learning. We hope you are all doing as well as you possibly can right now. Um, we are your hosts. Uh, I am Yvonne Brandenburg, and I'm joined by the lovely Jordan Porter. Hello, hello. Yeah, hey hopefully girl. everybody's doing well during this weird time. Yeah, it's it's funny because I listen to some podcasts that they're like, do we talk about this? Do we not talk about this? I I feel like it's really hard to not talk about the mm-hmm. COVID, the dreaded COVID. Um, yeah, yeah, because we're in the thick of things right now. So this is uh, end of March, twenty twenty. <laughs> COVID nineteen changed my career because I am now a homeschool teacher. <laughs> like, right? I'm no longer a vet tech. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so true. (laughs) I make less money. I'm more frustrated and I'm pretty sure I come in contact with like more disgusting things somehow (laughs) with kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I am very grateful to not have children at the moment because, um, I feel like there are many people out there right now that, um, are learning how valuable teachers are are I yeah I am like I enjoy educating people about what I know aka veterinary medicine (laughs) but like when I'm trying to get my kids to understand like you know how hard it is to teach a five-year-old to read like it's (sighs) very very difficult I'm like I'm like that word is them (laughs) (laughs) like yeah (laughs) and I'm like I feel bad because like I know he doesn't know any better but like I'm like, we've talked about this and like, oh Aww. man, the, the frustration levels like, and I like, so I, I'm not a good, I'm not a good child teacher, especially with my own kids. Like with other kids, I have a lot more patience. Cause I'm like, I'm not allowed to yell at you. Right. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> with my own kids. I'm like, get it. <laughs> Just do it. And there's no like yeah. going out to bars to decompress from all these kids. No, but, yeah. but we've done a pretty good job about just like getting outside. Mind you, I do have to bring the kids with me. Um, but like when we're outside, they're a lot better. But like when we go on the boat, like they'll, they'll get bored, like if we're just fishing or something. So that can be a little frustrating because then they're just like, I'm hungry or like something. Some I'm other so that jealous have. That, that your, your like getaway is going on a boat. It's so nice. It's so nice. I do have to say, it's really funny because, um, so both Kevin, my husband and I were, we're both still working because, um, no, so Kevin and I are both essential employees. And, uh, this weekend we both had two days off together, which two days off with no other obligations are very rare for us to have, but everything canceled. So the, so Saturday we're like, well, what do we do? And we got all like gung ho and we, we did brave, uh, the Home Depot. Dude, Home Depot has been so busy around here. It was, it was surprisingly more busy than I thought it would be, but not, I don't think normal Saturday. I don't think it was a normal Saturday, but I think during the week is probably more busy than normal. So, oh, I don't know. Cause we, we drove like we have in where our boat is, we have to like 
where we go to get gas is right next to Home Depot. And it was oh, yeah. booming this weekend. Like there was so many people. I was like, that is not <laughs> six feet apart. Like, Dude, I got, we got so many projects done. It was amazing. Kevin, like he did some, like some raised potting beds outside that we're going to grow some vegetables in. Granted, we are not growers of gardens, but we're going to. Um, yeah. we, we bought a chicken coop, not for chickens. Thank you very much. But Why? this is going to, well, be, because chickens are gross. <laughs> maybe, I can't wait to have some chickens. Maybe someday I'll have chickens, but right now, no. But it's for our cats because nice. um, they they're used to having like some outdoor space that's fenced in, and mm-hmm. so we just hadn't gotten around to doing it since we've only been here four to five months now. Um, and so we were like, we should do it, and we found this cool chicken coop, and it was super easy to put together. So now we're gonna figure out how to get them out there because. The cats need some outdoor space. Plus, I really want to move the litter box out there because, again, yeah. my place is like 500 square feet and litter boxes are gross. Um, so we did that. And then I put some shelves up in my like laundry room. Like, it, I got so much stuff done this weekend. I'm like, wow, home projects are getting completed during this time. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, but, I, it, but that's cause I don't have kids so I can yeah. complete projects around my house. Yeah. We've, we've done a, we've done a lot of homework. And then, like I said, we try to do a lot of outside time to like decompress. And like I said, if we have a boat, like we're away from people, dude, yeah. one day, uh, I think this was last Tuesday. It was amazing. Cause we went to the sandbar. Now mind you, the sandbar did get closed a little bit because too many people were out there the previous weekend. Um, so the police came up like right as we were pulling our boat up to the sandbar but we are the only ones there. I think there was one other boat on the other half of the sandbar and the police were just like, no groups larger than four. And I was like, you're just saying four because we have four people. But, um, and we <laughs> had Zara with our, Zara with us, our dog. So um, we're like, okay, yeah, no problem. Like nobody's here, no problem. Like, so we get yeah. off and like, we had literally half of the entire sandbar to ourselves. So Zara and the kids were like off exploring in the mud and it was cute because Zara was like following the kids to make sure that they were okay. And Matt cute. and I were just like chilling on the sandbar and like, it was so nice. We spent what, probably like three or four hours there and nice. eventually it did get like a little bit busier, but that was like towards when the tide was coming back in. So the sandbar was going away. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fabulous. Those are like good ways for us to decompress because the kids had run of the entire place and they were running getting away from you (laughs) yeah and like they're like connor bailey knows how to swim really well connor has his life jacket like my kids are really good about wearing their life jackets when they need to nice so like they they'd get close to the water connor would put it back on and go and just like float like around the sandbar like it was really yeah so it was a lot of fun yeah that's first world (laughs) problems right i'm like oh Bailey yesterday was like I'm bored and we were on the boat and she's like I'm gonna take a nap because I'm tired I was like only like my kid would be so used to like going on the boat that she'd be like I'm just gonna take a nap while nice. we're here like just first world problems and then five minutes later I'm sure they were gonna be like I want some Starbucks oh my god <laughs> right uh, so yeah, so hopefully hopefully everybody else is taking some time in the midst of all this crazy I guess to just 
get back to some sort of a weird center i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely needed because like dude i was losing it trying to do homework like throughout the entire week and just like being (laughs) stuck in the house and like so it it was very nice to actually spend some family time where like homework wasn't involved we weren't thinking about corona because like we didn't like we didn't have our phones we didn't have like facebook or anything like that and i've gotten gotten really good about like putting my phone somewhere else because i'm just tired of hearing about it and like I'm not working so I don't need to be on call for any reason like yeah I I I have to say that's been something that like on my days off I'm trying to minimize social media and tv and Mm -hmm. stuff like that work because because if I just focus on it I'm I'm gonna go crazy Yeah. yeah yeah and I know we talked about that in the the COVID episode it's just like how to take care of ourselves and so yeah trying to practice that is, is, is different. Um, but I like it. It's nice. Cause it is, I was so stressed very out weird the first to like, couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. And to like immerse yourself in a project. Like I don't remember the last time I actually turned the TV on. Like we don't, we've been doing things that I just, like I've been working on like blogs for work and I've been working on our outlines for our episodes and like I've been, mm. and then I have days where I don't do anything at all. <laughs> like, right. So it's been, it's been interesting. It'll be kind of a rude awakening when I end up going back to work. Cause I'm like, what is this? <laughs> sorcery? <laughs> like, right. Oh my I'm God. Like having so to funny. get up in the morning and like, Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a tough adjustment when I end up going back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, want to dive in now officially? Yeah. <laughs> so, but hopefully you guys are also taking time to decompress. Like, let us know. I think we talked about it um, in, the, in the last episode too. So, yeah. Um, speaking of last episode, by the way, uh, so episode twenty-four that was mm-hmm. our um, the COVID kind of update, and and I had so much fun with that episode. I, mm-hmm. you know, we 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 kind of joined this fun community of other fellow veterinary podcasters, which is really cool. So like Kat Robinson mm-hmm. from uh, radio vet nurse, Jeff Bacchus and Dave Cowan from vet tech cafe, Tasha McNerney from veterinary anesthesia nerds, and then doctors Lewis Kirkham and Robbie Anderton from two vets talk pets. I, I thought it was really cool that we put this together. Mm-hmm. I, we definitely did not cover all things COVID, but I think, you know, between that and then we mentioned it before the, the, um, uh, podcast to Andy Rourke's, uh, Uncharted. Thank you. The Uncharted podcast. Yeah. Between those two, hopefully, um, you know, working in clinics, it helps you figure out some ways to kind of manage it. Um, I know Jordan and I, we talk about this, like Jordan's clinics closed mine. Um, we're not closed, but we're definitely backing off. No, no clients are allowed in the building still, which let me just tell you, I will, we've been joking that we may need to just keep that policy in place. It's just like a permanent <laughs> protocol. We're like, Ooh, we could get so much more done without clients in the building. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely want to thank them for, for joining us and Jordan, yeah. thank you uh, for editing that monstrosity Yes, it was, it was definitely, um, I mean, I've realized that I'm getting really good at editing podcasts because that one really like challenged my skills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That I was just like, 
if vet teching doesn't work out, I'm just going to do that for a living on top of my homeschooling my children. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. So true. Two things that I need to be doing right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, our question of the week for that episode was, um, what are your clinics doing or how are you seeing hospitals kind of manage this epidemic, um, mm-hmm. pandemic? Um, and so we had two replies on that one. Stephanie Alta Marano. I'm sorry. I'm not Alta really Marano. good at the names. Um, she's oh, in North cool. Idaho yeah. and they, it is, it, if you get married or if that's your maiden name, like keep it. Cause <laughs> I love my maiden name and just getting a little off topic here. I should have kept my last name as Sharky. Mm. Um, because like, who do you know? Who's a Sharky anyway? Sure. <laughs> um, so she's in North Idaho and they've gone to curbside appointments and stopped doing elective surgeries and vaccines and things like that. Um, and she's on the same page as us. We're just so ready for it to be over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, washing our hands a lot. So that's great. And then Meredith mm. Stevens is in Nashville um, and most of the clinics up there are also doing curbside service with clients not allowed to be in the building. And then some are even doing telemedicine appointments, which are great. And I saw that the FDA did um, approve telemedicine for veterinary medicine right now where they can do like Zoom appointments where you can video chat mm. and prescribe that way. Like they approved that temporarily. Yeah. Um, so Meredith's department is currently closed. She's in Durham. I used to work mm. with her. She's fantastic. She's probably one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is also closed with me. However, we haven't gotten together despite the fact that she was up here. And I'm really sorry, Meredith. <laughs> um, it's called social distancing right now. <laughs> I know. And we normally, like, when she visits, we normally go out to lunch or dinner. Mm. And I was like, well, we can't. And then, like, so we just didn't catch up and I feel really bad because I love her to death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, and then we did have a reply to our episode 23, which was our coagulopathies episode. Mm-hmm. And that was from Brandy Schmidt. And what the question was, was what was the interesting coagulopathic, um, <laughs> case that you had seen. And she said, uh, not her case, but one of her internists got an honest to God case of Scott syndrome which we had a wonderful discussion about this because I didn't know what Scott's syndrome was. I'd never even um, heard of it. I was like, the what? <laughs> yeah, so me too. And so they had a patient who was having intermittent nosebleeds um, and kept bleeding post-procedure after a CT rhino and bleeding um, required multiple transfusions, which is crazy. That would scare the hell out of me <laughs> if mm. I couldn't get a rhino to stop bleeding. Um, but I guess it's a genetic disorder. Yeah. So, uh, she said it was a platelet function disorder. So, um, so there's platelets there, but they're just not functioning. So we talked about some of the different ways to test that in your clinics. This is why Um, we do a BMBT before RCT rhinos. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm sure they do now too. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing like an internist to have one case go bad and everything gets whatever, you know, test it needs prior to anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so doing a BMBT prior to that probably would have helped note that the bleeding wasn't going to stop. I was going to say your BMBT, which is good for that. um, If you have something like the uh, viscoelastogram or a tag, um, you could do that too. Because PTPTT, which is my standard in my clinic, is just doing a PTPTT, would not have caught that, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't talk about platelet function or talk about, it doesn't address platelet function. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that would have been something potentially we could have missed if, you know, oh, we weren't looking at 
functional stuff. So yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it was. And I think um, I one thing that uh, Jordan and I, I think we, we kind of talked about this is it's a little bit slower, I think, on the podcast front because everybody's kind of doing what we do, which is a little bit of a tune out <laughs> mm-hmm. of social media, which is fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, obviously, you, you know, don't feel stressed about leaving comments and reviews and stuff like we super appreciate it. We're not going to take it personally. If there's not as much right now, um, we're going to try to do our best to get back to regular episodes as well. Um, yeah. And, uh, and trying to get more on the social media platform. Cause I know I haven't been posting a lot cause I'm just like, I'm Facebook off. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, it's funny. I thought about it this morning. I was like, Oh, I haven't been doing as many posts, but I think it's the same thing. I've just been like, super overwhelmed. And I feel like most of the people I know are kind of in that same boat where we're just like, Whoa, too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll try to get back to kind of more normal. Um, cause I think we were, everybody was kind of in this like emergency triage mode. Definitely. Now we're more in like, okay, let's, let's get back to normal ish yes. <laughs> as best as we can and exactly. move forward. So, exactly. um, and this, this week's episode is kind of going to be like that, right? Um, we mm-hmm. talked a little bit in the beginning, got that stuff out of the way, but now we're going to dive into um, the last of the blood cells, which, which are our white blood cells, which Yay. we will talk about, but there's not as much as some of the other cells. I'm just saying. No, there's like, not, which is a good thing. You don't want as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the big things too about this episode, they're, they're, there's like three resources that, that I used when coming up with the notes for this. Um, I mean, I feel like they could, everybody listening could probably do like a shot game at this, at this point. Yes. I use Linda Merrill's book. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody would get so hammered if we did a shot game on like the how small many times? animal internal medicine for veterinary technicians and nurses book. Yeah. And then yeah. like how many times we say client communication? Get a history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so definitely we use the small animal book. Um, we also, I also used Eclin Path. We talked about it in the last couple of episodes. Um, Such a good website for blood stuff. Oh my God. It's amazing for yeah. blood stuff. Um, and then as far as another book in your clinic, and, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit more um, in clinic. I also, there's an IDEX reference book that I use mm-hmm. that has like images and stuff. So um, we'll talk about the resources a little bit more, but I just wanted to make sure, you know, Eklund Path, the small animal book. Um, if you go on to um, the internal medicine for pet parents website, we have a whole hematology section there too. So if you go like, to the search, you can find um, some stuff. So we have a couple of different places that you can, you can find things. So, all right. Are we ready for uh, white blood cells? Let's talk some WBCs. <laughs> the WBC. <laughs> it's a new channel. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so um, you guys probably know this, but white blood cells are also known as leukocytes, right? So leukocytes just encompasses all of the white blood cells. Um, they're, they're definitely a much smaller portion of the blood, so it's about 1%. So when you're spinning Hopefully. down your PC, right? Exactly. <laughs> when you're spinning down your PCB, that little tiny white line on top of your red blood cells, that's your white blood cells. And again, 
hopefully, right? Yeah. I've definitely seen it, and it's called the Buffy coat. I've definitely seen the Buffy coat be like six to ten percent, and you're just Ugh. like, oh god, right? You're like, that's a lot of white blood cells, or zero percent, and you're like, no, any, yeah. <laughs> it's like a wisp of white on there, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's our I like your move you did while you did that, by I the way. <laughs> Nobody can see it. I'm like doing this like move. Yeah. It, it's very elegant and flowy. Was it? Did you yeah. oh but you couldn't see my hand because my hand was also I could, I, going yeah. by on floor? Yeah. Are you guys all picturing this? <laughs> um so the big the big thing for white blood cells is they're meant to keep the body healthy. So fighting off different infections. Huh ironic we're talking about infections um (laughs) (laughs) so we we classify these into two segments so we have the agranular and then we have the granular and and literally what that just means is when we're looking at the white blood cell under a microscope is are there granules present in the cytoplasm right so we're going to look to see if if we see you know, is it, is it clear and smooth or are there little dots in the cytoplasm? Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the granules. Um, and then we've got, you know, when we're, when we're looking at changes in the numbers of the white blood cells present increases usually mean, usually mean infection can mean other things, but typically infection is kind of what we look for. Or we have decreased amounts, which can be a lot of different things too. So we're going to, we're going to kind of talk about that. So we'll, we'll start with a granular white blood cells. So these are the ones that, that don't have the granules in their cytoplasm. So think of these, these are your lymphocytes and your monocytes. Lymphocytes, we, we, we have talked mm-hmm. about lymphocytes a few times in this mm-hmm. podcast, um, but they are the second most common uh, white blood cell that we see in circulation. Uh, and those are your B cells and your T cells. So, you know, when I think B cell, T cell, I automatically think lymphoma, right? Why? It's like B cell lymphoma or T cell lymphoma or small or large, you know? So uh, yeah, we've, we've talked about- Well, that's because we're internal medicine, (laughs) which leads to oncology. We're like, oh yes, we diagnosed this, go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So we, we've talked about kind of immunity, right? Which just ties into all of that as well. Um, so your B cells, your lymphocyte B cells, those are going to produce the antibodies. So the body can attack things like viruses, bacteria, and toxins. Mm-hmm. And then this T cells, basically um, what those are going to do is once the invading thing um, is labeled, so then it says, oh, you're labeled, um, you've got a virus, you've got cancer, we're going to attack it. So B cells are more viruses, bacteria, toxins, T cells are more viruses and cancer. So, you know, they, they just, they form or they, they function similarly, but they just go after different things. Um, mm-hmm. and so this is, uh, I usually say this is the fried egg <laughs> when I'm looking at a differential. Um, yeah. So that's the, the, the lymphocyte. And then mm-hmm. monocytes, monocytes are the biggest of the white blood cells. Um, and they eat, like once things are labeled, they eat them. So they engulf them. And so they look for foreign material, dead cells. Um, and they basically just like package them up into vacuoles, swallow them, 
and then basically break them down and get them to where, you know, we just get rid of them. Um, so they help boost the immune system. And I used to call these the, the, the garbage trucks in the bloodstream, right? They're like, Oh, we take like that, that. We take that. We'll put it in and we'll get rid of it. Um, so that's good that's, old phagocytosis. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Medical yeah. terminology. G101. <laughs> Whoo, phagocytosis. I know it's so funny. I remember reading about that and I was like, oh God, what is this? But now I get it. It makes mm-hmm. more sense. Yeah, exactly. And then kind of leading into our granular white blood cells. So our eosinophils, those are moderately common. Like it's like the it's like the middle child. Like he's there and you see him, yeah. but Nobody thinks of them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry for any middle children out there. I have a cousin who's a middle child and we joke with him like it's middle child syndrome. Like they, you're not the oldest, you're not the baby, like, but you're there and like you're loved, obviously. Like it's nice. You have your purpose. And so do eosinophils. So eosinophils have small granules. They stain like a bright pink. Um, and they carry enzymes that release during an infection or allergic reaction. I always do put, put eosinophils with allergies because um, mm-hmm. if I see a lot more on a blood smear, I think some sort of allergic response. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times we see it when we have like a food allergy and stuff like that, or a true like allergic reaction to something outside the, the body too. Um, the other thing I think of too, which this is a total dorky internal medicine thing, um, is the eosin- eosinophilic bronchopneumopathy, mm-hmm. you know, which we don't see a ton of, but when we see it, we what happens is like the body is just severely allergic to things. Right. And they get this horrible upper rest or excuse me, lower respiratory, um, just sludge in their lungs. But you see an increase in the eosinophils and circulation mm-hmm. too, which we go, wait a second. We have this huge increase in eosinophils on our differential and our cytology. And we're having these symptoms like mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to be highly suspicious of that or some other allergic, but, um, it's, it's something that we'll see on a smear. Yeah. Yeah. And then basophils, we don't see those very often. I feel like I've seen, I mean, less than a handful in yeah. my career. So, um, but basophils granules, they, they're basophils are bigger and the granules stain like a dark bluish purple. They are pretty noticeable. Um, and the enzymes in their granules are released during an allergic reaction as well. I think of mast cells when I think of basophils because the (laughs) granules can get like huge (laughs) and scary looking. Um, but like I said, we don't see those very often. I think you see more in like horses. I could be wrong about that because I'm not a large animal person, but I don't know. Um, and I don't know why. So someone wants to tell me, or tell me I'm completely wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, if and, we can reach out to Mary, Mary would know. Yes. Mary Passmore. Yes. She's VTS in large animal internal medicine. She would totally know this. <laughs> yeah. I, I might just be making that part up, but I thought I read that at some point in my life. <laughs> um, and then, of course, our number one white blood cell is our neutrophil. That is the most common white blood cell in circulation. That's what we see the most of. Um, neutrophils have a neutral staining granules and also work to fight off infections by eating microorganisms in the blood. So a lot of times when I see a lot of granules in a neutrophil, um, I call them toxic neutrophils. Mm -hmm. Like they're the bright pink 
reddish pink um, neutrophils that we see. These neutrophils live two to two and a half days in circulation and they're typically um, produced by the bone marrow, which we talked about bone marrow and what mm -hmm. bone marrow does. And so typically there's like a five to six day supply in the bone marrow. So something triggers your bone marrow to be like release a bunch of neutrophils mm -hmm. to fight off infection. And then it can take about three to six days from stimulation to release those in circulation. So that's why a lot of times like a virus, you're exposed three to five days prior to, mm -hmm. but then it takes you those three to five days to really form that response and have a fever and have your white blood cells elevated and things like that. So it does take time. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of when we talk about the immune system, right? Like if we, if we've tagged something, God, okay. Like we're going <laughs> we go. to talk about the elephant in the room, right? So if like, let's talk about influenza, like the flu that we normally see versus like this COVID-19, right? So one of the problems with COVID-19 is we've never been exposed to it. So mm -hmm. we don't have the antibodies and we don't have the titers in our system to recognize it as a problem versus like the flu we've been exposed to it our body knows to to react to it so again you've got these neutrophils you've got five days worth of of normal supply in the bone marrow so let's say you've got that foreign invader right and and it and the body goes hold hold up we've got something coming in well mm -hmm. if we recognize it right we can hit them with that five to six day supply um, a lot faster, a lot faster and get it going versus if it's something we don't even recognize our body doesn't recognize, right. We can potentially get more of that thing in, whether it's a virus, a bacteria, whatever it is, and they replicate in our body. And by the time our immune system realizes it's a problem, we've already got a large load of this foreign substance in exactly. our body. And exactly. so that's where the problem is. Like it's gotten hold of us quicker, which is why we do vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. Our vaccines mm -hmm. say, look for this label. If you see this label coming in, attack it right away. So it doesn't become a problem. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't mean and that's why COVID-19 that's why COVID-19 is lasting so much longer too. You, you have that five to six days supply of your neutrophils to help attack it, but it's not enough to really get it under control in that five to six days time frame because it's kind of run rampant the previous five days while well, it took your bone marrow to release those neutrophils. So it's like, wait, it's like, wait, what? You're you're coming in my house and oh God. And it's like the party's already happened. Yeah. Right? It's so hard to get mom and dad, out of your house. <laughs> mom and dad have left the building. Your 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 house is wrecked and now we gotta clean up. <laughs> yeah. Versus mom and dad find out about the party before it happens and only a couple of stragglers get through the door. Like yeah. this is what we're talking about, guys. <laughs> so you know our, our neutrophils are huge for this but if mm -hmm. they don't get triggered they just do their job like normal right mm -hmm. so it's 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 cool how this all balances but um you know when we have and, and jordan you kind of touched on that toxic change too um yes I get excited when I can start recognizing toxic changes in neutrophils and I can yeah. tell my doctors about it, right? Because you're like, Ooh, those look different. And so usually toxic changes like the appearance. So we usually see, you talked about it, the, the, you know, vacuoles in there, they're a little mm -hmm. bit darker. We have dually bodies, which I can never remember what that is, but what it is, is 
blue to gray little granules in the cytoplasm. So Mm -hmm. you see these toxic looking neutrophils. Yeah. That's like more of like the sandy consistency within the, within the cell. Like I think, and then you have those like brighter because I, when I was originally looking at blood smears, I would frequently get confused between toxic neutrophils and eosinophils. Like Mm. if I was seeing eosinophils, but then like the dowel bodies, so that blue gray cytoplasmic granules, like the sandy looking dark stuff within a neutrophil kind of yeah. helps me differentiate. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good, and, and again, this is all about doing differentials or mm-hmm. looking at blood smears enough for your eye to start seeing it. Yes. Um, and being like, wait, those look weird. Those look yeah. different. Right. So you have to do a bunch of blood smears to get to the point of that, which is why I think we recommended it previously, even if you're sending it out, you know, just, just look, look at it, blood smear, and then compare it to what the pathologist is saying so that you yep. can start being like, Oh yeah, I did see that. Oh, that's what they were talking about. Um, which, yes. you know, that's the only way we're going to learn is for your eye to get used to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Cause books are helpful, but like the pictures sometimes just aren't enough because you see it yeah. just slightly differently every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like pictures are kind of one picture is, that shows you a toxic neutri- <laughs> neutrophil. You're like, what, what, what makes it look toxic? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's just, it's not the same. And then I do like it though, when we have a patient in the hospital and we're checking those blood smears every day and the resolution of those toxic changes is usually mm-hmm. a good prognostic indicator. So it tells us that our antibiotics are working and helping the yeah. body fight off whatever it's fighting. Yeah. And, then, and it's good to remember too, the toxic changes are, are, are usually in response to things like sepsis, um, mm-hmm. acute inflammatory, uh, burns, chemotherapy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all these different things that are causing issues in the body. So when we have, you know, homeostasis, we're not going to see that, but if there's things going on in the body that the neutrophils are active and they're doing things and, and, you know, they're, they're responding to things. That's when we're going to see those changes. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think in our basics episode, I touched on the hypersegmentation of mm-hmm. neutrophils. So I think it's called hypersegmented if there's more than five segments. I think you said five um, to six is yeah. Yeah. And that can be seen with Cushing's disease, steroid, um, corticosteroid therapy or chronic inflammatory conditions. But it's also important to know that it can be seen if samples are sitting in EDTA for prolonged amounts of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that can also just be like a, I call uh, it the aging, right? The older, older yes. neutrophils are going to have more segments, which is, you know, when we think of the opposite, like a band neutrophil, that's yeah, a neutrophil no that has no segments. Exactly. So you can also have hypo segmented, right? So it goes mm-hmm. band, which is no segments. And then the hypo segments is one to four, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah, one to four. And then five to six is normal. And then hyper segmented is, is over that. And so it's kind yeah. of, you can see the lifespan of a neutrophil, which is kind of cool. It is really cool. Cause uh, we talked about it in the basics episode where like, if your blood is still sitting in the tube, it's still aging. Mm-hmm. So that's when it becomes hyper segmented. So that's why it's recommended to really make your blood smears. They say within four hours, mm-hmm. um, from your sample. I would like to make it right away, which because I forget. Kind of, it, it makes sense when you think about the fact that a, a white blood cell is in circulation for two to two and a half days. Yeah. <laughs> so 
if you let it sit for 12 hours overnight, I mean, that's half of its lifespan. Yeah, exactly. I guess a quarter. A quarter. But I mean, that's, that's a big time frame and they're changing during that. It's not, they're not stagnant. They're still doing yeah. what they do. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so neutropenia is a decreased production. Uh, well, yeah. Decreased production of, of neutrophils. So well, there's three there's, class. I was going to say neutropenia yeah. is defined as a lower than normal number of neutrophils in the blood. Right. And there's three ways right. to classify yeah. it. So one of them yeah, is so you, production of them. Yeah. And then you have sequestration of neutrophils. That's where something in the body is hoarding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, AKA probably your bone marrow, but um, or excessive tissue demand or consumption. So something else in the body is pulling those in or sequestering. I guess those could really go along the same line. But when I think sequestering, I think your bone marrow is holding on to them and not releasing them like it should versus excessive tissue demand or consumption would be some sort of infection is pulling those t- to it. Um, and treatment is treating the underlying cause of those issues. Yeah. So like if we're talking decreased production, is it, you know, do we have an autoimmune disorder where, you know, we're, the, the bone marrow is just not producing it as much? Mm-hmm. Is it something else where the bone marrow is not being stimulated to produce it? Mm-hmm. Sequestration, you know, is it, it, it needs to get released. And so we need to like stimulate it. Um, and then it, tissue demand, like you were saying, is just like treat for the infection, treat for the toxicity, treat, you know, stop yep. giving the chemotherapy, you know, give it a break. So, you know, neutropenia, we have to figure out, you know, where, <laughs> where in those three classes it's happening mm-hmm. and then treat appropriately. So you're not really treating the, the white blood cells so much as, you know, fixing what the problem is. Yeah, exactly. Versus a neutrophilia, which is an elevation of your neutrophils, which is what we see probably, I mean, a lot more of, obviously. Yeah, Um, definitely. They call call that um, a, well, a left shift. So you can have a regenerative left shift, which is you see more mature, more mature neutrophils than immature neutrophils versus like a degenerative left shift where you're seeing less mature neutrophils versus immature neutrophils. Yeah. So like regenerative, you would see more hyper segmented and then degenerative, you would see more either hypo or banned neutrophils. Yeah. And, um, and, and the, the degenerative one, you know, it kind of makes sense. Like regenerative, like when we talk about regenerative anemia, regenerative things, Mm -hmm. that's good. That means the bone marrow is responding versus, yeah, it's doing what it needs to do. It's not responding. And so we have all these old blood cells trying to do things and, but there's nobody coming in to help them. That means that there's severe disease. Like maybe the bone marrow is like out. It's like, I got, I got to take five to six to seven days to produce more because the supply that I have, you know, that five to six day supply I had has been pushed out, but it's going to take me the same amount of time to remake cells to push them out. So those mm. are usually, you know, severe disease that they've used all the neutrophils. And then it, that's a bad prognosis, right? So mm-hmm. you don't have enough new white blood cells coming in to help fight off disease. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because they broke down the causes of neutrophilia. 
into hmm. three sections, which is interesting. Um, interesting. Uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump on this because I thought this was kind of cool. So there's, yeah. there's three types of causes. So there's um, physiological, which is epinephrine induced. So release of epinephrine and what happens is, you know, we get a, a, the bone marrow says, Ooh, Oh my God, something's happening. And so it pushes out some white blood cells. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. there really wasn't anything to attack. So they consider it, it's like a transient kind of thing in normal pets. So mm -hmm. fear. So being in the hospital can potentially cause it excitement, exercise, seizures, um, partition. So giving birth and then hypertension. So all these little things that can increase, like have an epinephrine spike can cause white blood cells to be re released, but it kind of rates itself. And yeah. so you don't have to do anything about it. Yeah. Cause it's just what white blood cells just circulating in the body until they die and circulate out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> Versus the, the stress-induced, which I like because it's corticosteroid-induced, which we've talked about all the diseases that can cause steroids to be yeah. released, <laughs> along with stress just causing mm -hmm. steroid to be released within the body. And that's like a prolonged transient time and, and increased bone marrow release. So it's, it sounds like it's like along the same lines as physiological, just extended. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, yeah, um, it usually lasts a little bit longer. Um, but same thing. It doesn't have anything to attack. So it's just kind of circulating. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be due to pain, anesthesia, trauma, neoplasia, because you know, cancer, cancer does whatever do what it wants. <laughs> Hyperadrenocorticism, metabolic disorders and chronic disorders. So same thing, like where something's kind of stressing the body out and then, um, the, the steroids just kind of trigger the release of the bone marrow. Um, and then the third cause is inflammation. So this is increased tissue demand. So I think of this one as being like the true, like yeah. white blood cells or excuse me, neutrophils are being used. So this is, um, you know, it, it's, it's responding to inflammation in the body. And so we have infection, tissue trauma, necrosis, immune mediated cancer. Cause again, cancer could do whatever it wants. Um, metabolic disorders, burns, um, neutrophil function disorders. So mm -hmm. if there, there are a lot of them that were listed, I did not list them all out, but you can have neutrophils that aren't functioning appropriately. And then other things. So like, um, acute bleeding out. So hemorrhaging, um, hemolysis, whether that's immune mediated or, um, toxins or, you know, whatever can rupture red blood cells, um, that releases inflammatory things, which causes the neutrophils to be increased because inf inflammation, if you remember wounds <laughs> mm -hmm. in school, you know, that initial cut, it sets off clotting cascades. And part of that is the inflammatory process. Mm -hmm. So we want blood cells and white blood cells, red blood cells, platelets, all that stuff to get to that area to fix the damage. And so mm -hmm. inflammation is a normal process. We just don't want chronic inflammation because then 
Yeah. And well, because you want things this, go crazy. <laughs> this, this brings me back to that magic school bus episode I talked about in the <laughs> coagulation episode. Exactly. <laughs> um, because you want those white blood cells to go to the site of damage in order to prevent infection. Um, yeah. So you do have bacteria that comes in when you get cut. And so those white blood cells are going to take care of that, um, which I find... I, I made my children watch that episode after we talked about it, by the way. <laughs> and I was like, this is a thing. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. My mom, uh, Bailey was like, okay. She's like, great. Like, you don't find that cool? That's how like scabs are formed. And I mean, then it went into like how the GI tract works, but whatever. Like it was fine. <laughs> but yeah. And, um, there's a lot of technician skills for this. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, appropriate poking of the animals (laughs) yes we talked about that in the coagulation episode why that's important and then of course you have like just your skill set of being able to make a proper blood smear which is always the best when you make that perfect one that's like three quarters the length of the slide and like no bubbles no no bubbles no like crack in your smear where you have like a gap it's just like a perfect rainbow oh man if it makes me so happy. Like, <laughs> You're like, I made a perfect smear. Woo! Oh, I love it. You have like the perfect amount of, oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, hashtag I'm a nerd. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. done bone marrow aspirates for this. Not we. I've assisted my doctors in it for like low neutrophil or well, low white blood cell counts usually. Yeah. Um, which are... I like doing them because it's satisfying, even though I can't read those slides. Like I don't have a clue what I'm looking for. Yeah. I I definitely don't look at them enough to even. And I don't really like the whole like needle on bone. Like I'm not a bone. (sighs) Like I don't like that part, but once it's in your, you get that. Ah, I like it, but I don't like it. It's a love hate relationship. (laughs) There's a lot of things in veterinary medicine that is a love hate relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So and, but part of being, you know, part of our tech skills too, is being able to do a differential. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I remember in school hating differentials, mm-hmm. you know, you have your counter, your cell counter and you're like, what cell is this? Um, which is, I still, to this day, use a book sometimes. Cause I'm yeah. like, I should know what this is, but my brain has left my body. <laughs> so sometimes I still have to look it up and ask somebody's opinion. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, just being more comfortable with differentials and looking at the cytology, looking at blood smears, and, um, you know, and then, and then you can see like neutrophils that look toxic or, you know, you're like, Oh, I see a decreased number in this, or, Oh, I see a ton of eosinophils. Um, mm-hmm. or I see a bunch of basophils and then I know that there's probably cancer somewhere. Yeah. Um, black mass cell. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Those, those are horrible. <laughs> the other thing too, in, in, um, in cytology that you can be looking for is toxic stuff or excuse me, infectious agents. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, um, parasites, that actually live within the, the white blood cells. And so those you can definitely see or live on the surface of cells. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're doing a blood smear, you can look for that as well. And that's, yeah, yeah. you know, those are, those are fun to see things. Yeah. Those are fun to see. And that can include, so you can see some infectious agents like um, fungus, like histoplasma, mm-hmm. Um, protozoa like toxoplasma and sarcocystis, um, bacteria like 
Ehrlichia and anaplasma. Yeah. And Ehrlichia and anaplasma, I feel like we look a lot for because it can really, it, it stimulates the immune system. And sometimes Ehrlichia and anaplasma are the ones we look for, for like IMHA, ITP. So when we're, when we're, um, testing for tick-borne, those are definitely ones that we look for, but you could potentially see them within your white blood cell and which is really cool. So those are all things that we can do with our white blood cells and look at, you know, there, you can go down the road of sepsis and all that to learn more, but this is just like basic (laughs) white blood cells and just how to find them, what to look for, what they do. Um, so that's, that's what this episode's about. Um, and so, and now for the question of the week. So this week's question of the week, I, I think it'd be cool to, to find out from you guys. Um, you know, are you guys doing different differentials in your clinics? Are you looking at cytology? And then what are some of your favorite resources? What are your like go-tos at work? Um, whether that's a coworker or a book or a website, uh, you know, just let us know. Um, we can always use a few more tricks up our sleeves. Yeah. So I think that wraps up our, our, our WBC episode. Yeah. Anything else you can think of that we should talk about this week? No, but I'm super excited for next week's episode. <laughs> I know Jordan's been working on this and it's going to be awesome. And we love this kind of stuff. And um, we'll leave you with that teaser for next week, but for this week, wash your hands. (laughs) Don't make your neutrophils work harder than they have to guys. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Don't trigger your bone marrow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. Um, hopefully a little bit of normalcy will go a long way for you guys. And, um, you know, if you've, if you've got, (laughs) I feel like I know we're all essential workers at this point, but if you are at home and you're bored, now's a great time to download some podcasts, whether it's ours or others, (laughs) it's fine. Um, and make sure to get your learn on. All right, guys, have a wonderful week. Jordan, it's good seeing you because I feel like we're social distance, but I get to see your face, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.